give a fuck. Clouds, apples, biscuits, religion. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Desk, migration, films of the 1930s. Spending your money. Shoes, scented candles. Welcome to this episode of Two Fooks, where we discuss what to give a fuck about. Giving it a Fook score from 1 to 10. I'm Marius, and right next to me is... James Alexander Ames Greenall, full name, known as Al to his friends. That's a long name. It's a long name. That's two grandfather's names, uh, one family name, and another eronymous, eronymous, erroneous family er- name. Eronymous. Yeah, eronymous. What's your full name again? James Alexander Ames Greenall. And where did... The Al come from then. Al, that was me having a name like James Alexander Ames Green on and thinking I don't want to introduce this is too, myself. This is as too this. much. I just want to have a short name like a jazz trumpeter. So And then you picked the Al. shortest name L ever. Yeah. It was such a pull to try and get my uh, family to not call me Alexander. I was never referred to as James, but just to try and scale it down from Alexander and oh, so it got just, down to Alex and That's too long. It's, it just carries a little bit... Of, who's called Alex? Um, hello, Alex. Alex Ferguson, maybe the football manager. He carries it off nicely. Uh, uh, Alex. Alex. Alex, any other famous Alexes? I can't think of any. Anyway, that's not the point. It's not like I'm going for fame with my name. But Al worked for me. Yeah. It's, it's simple. It reminds me of the Paul Simon song. Uh, all the time, Call Me Al with Chevy Chase in the video. Um, and that's what I yeah that's what I wanted to do keep it simple yeah you certainly did you've always been Marius always been any nicknames no not really no just straight up uh, Axlingen I don't know really why the Axlinger in translation Axlinger it's not really (laughs) (laughs) Mm, but no just keeping it simple I used to have the nickname Penfold, which is a reference from an old cartoon, Danger Mouse. And I, on the first or second day of school, this kid in my class said I looked like Penfold from that. And Penfold was this short, fat, bowl haircut, glasses, little mole. Did you used to be fat? I used to be rounder. It's true. Because and, uh, you're not particularly round right no, now it, I, it was, I, was, I was chunkier all the way up until like 14, 15 and then I got gastroenteritis and lost loads of weight hmm. it didn't, uh, the body just decided it wanted to do something different there we go, this is too much weight to bury I don't know what it was doing it was just going next level hmm. it was just evolving <laughs> for the course, for the time <laughs> for the better for the better, oh yeah, for sure so, Marius, how has your summer been so far? It's been great. That's nice. A lot of work, though. God damn, you're a busy man. Yeah, I'm busy. You, uh, you're taking on, uh, for anybody who knows, Marius has mentioned he's a, he's a window washer. Now, you might have window some... Window cleaner. Wind- I'm terribly sorry. Poof. Window cleaner. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for anybody with a kind of sweet, quaint idea of a dusty back lane and a chap walking in a flat cap and a small step ladder and a bucket of soapy suddy water washing a window here and waving at the kids and washing a window there and getting a bun from the bakery 
Marius is pretty much as far as you can get from that because he's getting like he's washing like six ten story buildings he's washing like whole amusement park complexes of windows he's like a one man washing machine and I, I am in awe of your washing logistics I actually recently got a new contract oh really at Fotos okay the, that's an area near where we are the tallest buildings at Fotos really yeah uh, I think it's nine stories high that's no joke two of them do you do that from the top or how, how on earth do you start from that? the bottom now I'm here <laughs> You, uh, I'm, yeah. I'm, but I'm doing the opposite. I'm starting from the top. Yeah, not what Drake was going for in that yeah. particular <laughs> dynamic. <laughs> but that's incredible. So, I mean, uh, so you've been busy, and it's a busy summer. You tend to book in massive projects at this point of the year, don't you? Yeah. Because like uh, they tend to be more vacant over the summer. Yeah, I have the university, and then I have the big building in Fotos. And then I'm doing a big school in Sunnes, and then a big school in Arndal. Wow! So I'm, I'm getting like building film references. I'm seeing you as like uh, John McClane in Die Hard, hanging yeah. out of a window in a white vest, cleaning <laughs> it. I'm seeing King Kong references. <laughs> I think you need to spice up your uh, <laughs> spice up your uh, visual media with some little film references. Maybe I should do that. Maybe you should do that. Maybe you shouldn't. Maybe you should just keep it professional. Yeah, maybe I should. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Promo, so, promo video of me doing like King Kong movie reference. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Would be funny though. Yeah, window cleaners. Win- window cleaners. Window cleaners. Window sure. cleaners. So, where do we find ourselves in the great world of Fook? This is episode uh, three. No. Four. No. Seven. No. Eighty. This <laughs> is actually episode. Five. Oh my goodness me, we are pumping out the content. Um, so we are um, laying down our topic development as we go, and we really hope you've enjoyed the previous ones, um, that it has uh, aggregated debate out in the local landscape of wherever you might be. And if you listen to our food post uh, a week ago or so, you'll know that we've actually found out there's a listenership in Europe and in Sub-Saharan Africa and uh, in funky, cool, hip Milan. So uh, wherever these words are going, we hope that it's generating some debate and some thought. That means a huge amount to us and um, we're wanting to make it relevant. So every week we're we're uh, just uh, scratching our heads and writing lists and trying to make things as uh, poppy and as uh, worthwhile chatting about as possible. Um I actually have the percentage uh, in all of the um, world. What do you want to do? Like a dance? <laughs> all the world. All. Um, What's the top three? There's only three. So okay. it's Asia, Africa, and Europe. Which is the highest? Uh, Europe. Okay. Ninety-five percent. Yeah. Three percent in Asia. Okay. And 2% in Africa. 3% in Asia, that's crazy. I mm-hmm. wonder who's listening. Maybe it's you. Probably some Asians. Yeah. Or we have no or idea. Let us know who you are listening. Please yeah. tell us. This is hey, crazy. Asia, who are you? <laughs> Big up Asia. What's going on? <laughs> is it because we're talking about spicy food so much? Boom! And noodles. Is it because of the noodle dog? 
<laughs> they want in on the noodles. They want in on. Send us noodles. Talk about noodles. Tell us why. Hey, hey Shah, send us noodles. Yeah. I mean, I I've been thinking about noodles all the time, but I I don't want to beat a dead horse with noodles on it. Like I don't want to go crazy on every episode about noodles and spicy <laughs> stuff. But don't think I'm sleeping on them. I'm thinking about them twenty four seven, three sixty five. But okay, let's get this Fook machine grinding. Ooh, where, where should we start? We should start with alcohol. Oh my goodness me. That's that is some, a boom. That that is a boom. I'm gonna have to put my big boy pants on. Yeah. For this. Do you enjoy alcohol? Yes. Yes. Do you enjoy alcohol? Not anymore. Right. Okay. Take I, the take the I floor. enjoyed my share of alcohol. Hmm. And then I came to the point where I didn't enjoy it that much anymore. So I decided two and a half years ago Mm. that I would stop drinking alcohol. Mm. And yeah, Mm. I didn't like the way it made me feel. Mm. And it didn't, no, it just didn't. No, you didn't feel right. This is going to be something that's going to immediately resonate with anybody listening. Yeah. And uh, it is it is written in my notebook. I have it as well as a topic. Alcohol? Uh, I referred to it more as drinking. Yeah. Um, in that, um, of course, referring to alcoholic beverages, but almost as well to the the custom or the act of drinking mm-hmm. um, but n- uh, nobody out there is going to be neutral on this No, there's going to be one way or the other or as we've said it's going to be some murky in between ground um, that was what it came down to for me it was either drinking or not drinking hmm and I don't mean excessive drinking. I just mean, I, I just didn't. It was either, or, hmm. if that's. I, no, I, I of course I understand. Yeah. Um, can I probe a little bit and ask? Do what, it. What you liked to drink? Um, uh, and was it? Were you anything and everything, or you had something you particularly enjoyed, or? I started like. Um, I enjoy drinking wine, mm. red wine, um, and as a vegan, there's limited access to yeah wine yeah uh, because of the process they're doing with like fish yeah. protein and all that stuff. There is more. More and more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but of that, course. I mean, the, yeah, yeah. for people who are interested in that, there is more natural wines that are not using that style of filtration. Yeah, but that's not what I No, of course, though, of course, of course. Um, but I'm, no, it was wine and... I pretty much drank it all. Mm. It's It's not that I had a problem with it. I just didn't see the point in doing it anymore. Mm. I mean, I could take a glass of wine to have a good time, but... So can you still 
in the circumstance you would feel comfortable enjoy a glass of wine or is that out completely out yeah i'm i'm totally dry as they would say yeah um that was it was either it was like drinking or not drinking i don't mean being an alcoholic or being a sober person but i just wanted to take a stand on it Mm. and i think that's a good way of putting it it's taking a stand yeah um uh it's a topic that is very important to me Mm -hmm. and i want to say that without it sounding um defensive and i think that's a this is a it's a tricky one um as we say everyone is going to have their own associations on this but i have for most of my adult life um enjoyed alcohol relatively responsibly yeah there have been times when I have found limits that have not worked for me. And there's also times when I've taken it out of my life. And I have to say, hands in the air. Honesty, it's a part of my life that I'm very grateful for. Um, when you didn't drink? No, when I do. Okay. It's something that I at least at this point in my life is something that I enjoy integrating Mm -hmm. in in um, moderation uh, into the cycles of things that I'm doing yeah Um, and it just seems like the way I'm wired up uh, I can fire on all cylinders a lot of the time um but if I don't, in a way, allow myself a glass of beer or a glass of wine just to sink my shoulders and to listen to some music without analysing every note and to watch something without worrying about something or to worry about the day that's been or to worry about the day that's coming. Um, it goes back to what we talked about, that positive mental attitude actually based on a lot of the worry in advance. Yeah. Um, that seems to be the thing that gives me a bit of repose and a bit of quiet mental space um, to kind of collect myself and put the pieces in order and then I begin again Um, there is uh, a book from the I want to say the 40s or the 50s I might be a bit wrong there by an English author called Kingsley Amos which is called Everyday Drinking, which is kind of from the classic cocktail culture, which is possibly what my grandparents came out of and our parents lived into and through. Yeah. Uh, A pre-war, post-war way of doing things, maybe in England, but I also would imagine in other parts of the world um, where cocktail hour would come every damn day. Hmm. Uh, Six o'clock people get their spirit cocktail done and one or two 
prior to dinner and they cook dinner and eat dinner and maybe something after and that was the way of things I personally found my area of struggle and my area of distaste or what I became very um, affected by mentally is spirits yeah uh, I can't drink spirits. Um, I have at points. Who haven't? It, I. Uh, oh, oh yeah, at, at points I have, and I have realised it knocks my centre off, my mental centre, my physical centre, my spiritual centre, if you want to put it like that. Yeah. Uh, whereas I'm very passionate about a nice beer or a nice glass of wine, and I have very rigid limits. Um, and within those then I can enjoy yeah Uh, but I can't go out and drink a lot socially Um, and this is where people listening might kind of think okay that's an interesting one because I go out I meet my friends have a drink in England again alcohol's a lot cheaper you go out you have loads of pints loads of shots maybe some fancy cocktails this and that here in Norway, it's a lot more expensive. You have to have like a trust fund to go and have a round of drinks with people. <laughs> That's happened before when some you get a beer and you're like, oh, great, someone's brought got the beers in. Yeah. And then you're like, I'll get the next round, boys, don't worry. And you go up to the bar and you buy like, what, Ron wants one, Dan wants one, Steve wants one, Gunnar and Hotvar want one as well. <laughs> and then the barman looks at you and, you, and, he, and he'll say something north of a thousand kroner. Yeah, for uh, sure. Which is like over a hundred pounds, and yeah. you're like, "Oh dear, Ira, are you getting those jelly shots in as well?" <laughs> I just let me call the bank manager and see if I can transfer some money. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I can't go out and do um, excessive drinking. I don't enjoy it. I'm not the most comfortable person out in sort of social things, anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also. Uh, referring back to something we've spoken about previously uh, about sort of personal betterment I believe that as an animal and as an organism and as a phenomena of evolution the organic compounds in alcohol are sacred to us if we choose to imbibe them and it shouldn't be done lightly so I set quite a heavy responsibility on that act and in that act I quite like to be in my own space comfortable relaxed mm-hmm. um, I also don't want to be as a parent uh, inebriated intoxicated um, same same meaning yeah um should anything happen? Should we need to go to the hospital or pick someone up or whatever? Um, so that was a very useful part of life as well. Yeah. To put things in balance. Um, so I'm really grateful you brought that topic up. What do you say as a Norwegian for alcohol culture here? It's too much. How? It's elaborate it's expected from you to have a beer or have a glass of wine or drink alcohol in Mm. general to numb your social senses yeah yeah so 
It's a part of the Norwegian culture for sure. Mm. It shouldn't be necessary. Mm. I think. I mean, that's a. It, I, I, there's definitely a difference that I can, having worked in the hospitality industry and yeah. as a person working in places that do serve alcohol, and we've had parties and stuff and. I see that or have seen that and I almost makes me feel quite puritanical quite uh, quite uh, strict um, when I see in public settings in group dynamics the mutual acknowledgement of lowering uh, boundaries and the acceptance that people can almost simply on the basis of having imbibed alcohol allow conduct that any other time would be totally unacceptable yeah. in a professional setting mm-hmm. or in a social setting. Mm-hmm. And again, this is funny and this is something we've talked about. This is not a singular decision topic this is complicated for sure because i will stand and say how passionate i am about alcohol and the history of it and its importance and what i feel about it at the same time as being very critical about that public drinking um lifestyle because that's too much Mm. But my uh, my thoughts drift a bit to England and how when I grew up I was obviously uh, not obviously often around some older groups of friends and I have a kind of a different association with it there in England. I mean there is public drinking issues in England and anybody listening there is going to be well aware of that. But there seems not to be the same build up and release. Uh, binge. I know everyone says binge Britain, and that was such a big thing like 10, 20 years ago. Binge Britain and people all falling over the high streets and cheap alcohol and people abusing and stuff. I'm aware of that, but I'm also aware that there is a strange kind of group safety in those situations, at least that I also experienced it. That is, that I uh, maybe because I'm not Norwegian, but I can't identify it in the same way here. There seems to be more of a status thing with the being able to get drunk and get wild because yeah. you can, because you can. Mm-hmm. Whereas in England, with our seventy plus million people, like it's it's just a part of every day. Coming back to that Kingsley Amis book, it's every day. Yeah, this is not unlike in Italy and in Spain and in other European countries where the weather is hot the but, alcohol but is instead fresh. of having like 20 beers on Friday yeah. you're putting like two every day yeah you might meet someone after work and have a beer or two or two and talk about the day and then move on to go home or whatever or keep working or it, it's a very 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 different mindset yeah it doesn't build this blockade system of stop one thing, start another thing. There's an integration within it. And, and if you do that here, mm. you're seen as an alcoholic. Thank you. Right? Yeah. And so they just save it up for the weekend and mm. then just 
knock it out of the park. Wasn't there a, a huge issue with alcohol here in the 1800s, where which is kind of the root of some of this Calvinist uh, puritanical thinking about alcohol because I, I uh, someone if anyone has the facts on this please give us a hoo-ha uh, let us know because I believe there was an illegal or homebrew culture uh, that was quite prevalent and the exercise to clean that up was to crack down very hard on homebrewing yeah. and stop any public uh, sale of alcohol and make it incredibly hard mm-hmm. to do that and hence everything rolled into private situations and set situations after everybody had lived there straight up straight down uh smart top button done up normal working week yep and then they because go alcohol, it was like banned like worldwide right uh, yeah maybe it's also hangs somewhere in with the um, prohibition era in the states maybe that's wrong i'm not entirely sure um but where i'm from in england in the southwest i mean it's like apple country it's cider country there's hops there's brews there's pubs it's it's just a a relaxed part of life yeah um so i think this is an excellent excellent topic and i'm really glad you brought it up um, because I think it's one of those ones everyone's going to have a opinion on. Yeah, and I would Without urge, a doubt. yeah, I'd urge everybody to kind of dig down into that because I have a glare to make. I've I've been like both passionate to articulate this point, but worried also to articulate this point as to my feelings about it because. It is an important topic for me, but it's also very different opinion about it than the general stereotypical view on it here. Yeah. Um, and I really respect your opinion. And I think you stand, having been to social gatherings and decided in myself on the way there, I don't want to drink because I don't want to lower my inhibitions. I want to... I want to be fully clear. aware. Yeah, and fully aware. Yeah. I don't want to be uh in this particular setting mentally compromised. This is not my downtime. This is a different thing. Yeah. And I and and you it's like turning up to the party and saying you're a vegan or a vegetarian. Yeah, right. Like everybody's like, "Oh, come on." Hard for me. Come on, jump in. The water's <laughs> great. <laughs> and then two hours later, like you just are a wreck and you don't remember most of what's happened. Yeah. There are in between grounds for sure. Yeah. I've been I've been there as well. Mm. Waking up the next day wondering what did I do last night? Mm. And it's no fun. No. And uh, it's not to be taken lightly. Yeah. And again, this goes to this sort of... It's... It's... Dangerous thing to put inside your body. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if if you don't do it responsibly, things can go very wrong. Mm-hmm. But I think it cracks it open a bit more, like looking at that almost like shamanic use of 
toxins uh, for group social or personal development processes. It is a serious thing to be taken seriously. Yeah, sure. Uh, And uh, I think maybe if we can wrap the topic up a little bit, um, like everything, it needs to be taken seriously, both as a topic and when you are taking it as a as a uh, something that will affect the mind and body mm-hmm. you need to fully consider that it has become so normal that people probably don't think about the consequences as much but isn't that like a lot of the things we've been discussing you will true um, if you stop and think about it yeah you might just surprise yourself with thinking oh actually I don't like eating this dead animal that much it's just everybody says I have to or mm-hmm. they keep giving it to me but I don't want to oh go on it's fine tastes good yeah, well, that's not kind of the point uh, why don't you drink this Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm alright I don't want to can I not yeah oh, come on everybody is everybody else is doing yeah. it um, I, can I not yeah but then uh, you're not really like in the group like then, this is what we're going to do then you're not like us yeah I mean I'm well, kind of maybe I don't want to be then I'm going to go sit in the woods have a cup of instant coffee sing to the wolves make a lay sun. in my hammock lay in my hammock sit at home in my garden watching my plums watching my plums which incidentally are doing very well that's good oh Pew. Woo. plum I think you're uh, wise and Good and brave for bringing up the topic, and I really respect it. I hope I've articulated my thoughts on it to a yeah, degree. You have. Um, and I welcome feedback from people. Uh, we do certainly do. Um, give us a summing up and maybe give us an idea of a score on this and kind of how you're going to score it. This is something people should be more aware of. Um for themselves and for the people around them because it's something that can affect people around them Mm. Um, do it responsibly like we talked about Mm. it's a tough one huh yeah But again, it's not. Mm. Just go with it. What's your gut Nine. feeling? Nine. It's something we should definitely give a fuck about. Mm. And it's an important topic. Mm. I think I will... I mean, going on from your saying of how it affects people around, I think that's also a great factor. I think... Um, you need to think about how it affects oneself and those around. But also, I think it's worth considering that social dynamic of people who don't want to. And that we should maybe be a bit more open-minded about that. Uh, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to second... It's tricky because I, I want to give this a high point for the awareness factor, but I also want to give it a high point for how passionate I am about 
considering and celebrating uh, alcohol as a balanced part of a wider life cycle. Um, and I would really enjoy talking about that more in some settings, and I do do that professionally, and, and I'm proud of that. Um, but I know that there's going to be some thorny topics when trying to pick apart the stereotype drinking culture as well. So I'm going to second your nine. Um, and I think it's really nice that we've been able to look at this from so many sides. Yeah. Um, bravo. Cheers, I should say. Cheers. <laughs> I'm going to have a sip. I'm yeah. empty. I don't have more tea left. That is instant coffee right there. Uh, a non-Nestle instant coffee, I will point out. That's good. For all you uh, conscientious folks out there. Yep. Um, people that give a fook. People that give a fook. And rolling on, as I... Do you have something on on your mind? In relation to? Fook giving? Like... Oh, but like like whether I'm just going to pluck a fook fruit from the tree or whether I'm going tree. to... We have a fook tree right outside the window. <laughs> so what I'm going to do it is uh, I'm going to reach up and I'm going to pluck a, a, a ripe fruk fruit. Fruit. Fook fruit. <laughs> this is like a tongue twister. Fook fruit. From the tree. And I'm going to introduce it with a poem like I have before. But uh, you challenged me to, or maybe we came that I could do uh, any words yeah. in a poetic sense. I have I have a bag of uh, nuts here. Uh, you <laughs> you have a bag of nuts. Touche. Touche. <laughs> <laughs> it's also fruit, dried fruit in there. Do you want to like read up the? Read off the ingredients. Yeah. Well, I, I will do that. I will save that as a treat yeah. for the end the of the episode. Or like oh, who knows? Who knows? There's just so much goodness. Oh. There's so much fruit blossoming. <laughs> but I'm going to say this <clears throat> as I clear my throat in a dramatic sense. Mm-hmm. You can turn this world around and bring back all those happy days. Put your troubles down. It's time to celebrate. Let love shine. And we will find a way to come together. Can make things better. We need a holiday. If we took a holiday, took some time to celebrate, just one day out of life, it would be so, it would be so nice. The topic is... Holiday. Holiday. As Madonna once so popularly put it, and I have so depressingly put her lyrics, holiday is something I think is nice to consider whether we do, don't, or are a bit ambivalent, uh, whether we give a fook about. Um, it's that time of year. I say that with a slight tweak in my eye and a slight twitching my neck because holidays when I grew up was summer holidays at least from school or from studying uh, and once you start work there isn't holiday in the same way especially you not just, for me because this is work. high season high season high season hot dang it's high season <laughs> let me climb on my window washing house <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to draw a picture of Marius on a window washing horse with a window washing saber 
I'm riding into the sunset. Uh, but it's holiday season, he says, slightly ironically. The reason I say that is because I don't remember the the holidaying, the act of holidaying being so explicit when I grew up. You were either not at school or it was summer and you still worked. And it just happened to be summer. So there was longer days and you do stuff after work or weekends or whatever. Here in Norway, hello Norway. Hello. I should say actually. Name that tune, people. Um, and name the play some of the materials based on. Uh, it's very much a holiday culture. In there is this thing called Fellesferie, which is July spreading into August. Mm-hmm. Where a lot of businesses close. I hear all you English people reeling back in horror. What? <laughs> close business? Are you crazy? Huh? Huh? Ruby? Close? And it's like, uh, close? You have to take kids out of Barnhager uh, kindergarten for three consecutive weeks. Um, because they have to because they coordinate their downtime uh, the employees and then everybody seems to assume that they and everybody else has takes holiday yeah and just leaves bye bye take care now bye bye then leaving where are you going oh I'm going to my farm in the middle of nowhere I'm going down to Spain Spain or a southern country of some Sweden, as we refer to it here, which south. is it just means south, the south, more south than wherever you are. And there they drink alcohol <laughs> from morning to night and eat some food and eat sleep. Yeah, and, and are basically somewhere else. Yeah. Now that I think is important to do at points when you can. Um, what just is slightly baffling for me is the fact that everybody does it at the same time or has to culturally be seen to be doing it at the same time. Again, I work in the service industry. Uh, I will also mention as an artist, I don't take holidays. My brain is never... I mean, weekends, evenings, summer, winter, break. I don't take breaks. I'm not wired up to take breaks. I am, I see life as something always developing and I'll note things down and I'll draw things and you're taking time away from everyday life I guess but I like everyday life yeah but but you you say you don't your brain doesn't take holidays Mm, or I'm not like it takes me a while yeah to get you're out of the I should be doing XYZ with my rhythms of thinking yeah um but also the as i said working in service industry when you're in a restaurant or you're in a stuff you're not closed you're always open um monday to sunday yeah and there's visitors coming there's tourists coming there's residents of the area coming like and holiday season can be a busy season yeah and here 
in lies an interesting thing, at least for the city of Savannah, where we are, is that it is a very popular, increasingly popular tourist location. Especially in the summer, Mm. with all the cruise ships coming in, occupying the harbor mm. and and we've experienced the Zusterhuse at the business I'm in now we're Ust-Hus. right in the middle of town Zusterhuse at the cheese house the house made of entirely cheese with a cheese door and cheese lights Zusterhuse that uh, there's much more tourism coming right to our door and people are also excited to be part of a local institution in a place and have a coffee or have some food and put money into the local economy yeah now that's also crucial. As business owners, is it possible to close up shop if there's coming a lot of potential business? It's possible. It's possible. But is it wise? I don't know. I guess it depends what kind of business you're in. Um, I now have to take some holiday um, because it's... It's it's holiday time. Maybe I, by the time this comes out, I will be into that holiday time or past that holiday time. But with the kids in Barnhagen, we have to take that. So I'm trying to make it fun for them. And it's exciting. And they'll remember it as a... Ooh, let's do all the things that you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, today they started the day doing a uh, tent trip camping in the house. Mm-hmm. And they played for two hours straight, pretending they were out and going camping and they found a waterfall and they're doing all this with books and, that was and blankets and duvets and huh the the um was it the sink that was the waterfall oh no it was actually when i made a smoothie that was the waterfall that was what i said was the waterfall Ooh. was making a smoothie okay um so back to a great friend of mine once said a change is as good as a rest <laughs> and i think think you can see the prospect for switching off and relaxing and having a holiday every day every day every day holiday um what are your thoughts on holidays yeah you being the busy man you are Mm. do you need a holiday do you want to be on a beach with your feet up drinking Mm. a alcohol-free pina colada boom i've actually done that Whenever. What a lovely mental image that is. When I went to Thailand last fall, okay, I ordered alcohol-free or non-alcoholic pina colada. See, I saw the past, Ooh. present and future. Pineapple juice and coconut. Come on. Um, what do I think about holidays? Mm. Mm, it's necessary. Mm. And people should do it more. Mm. Even more than they do. Mm. Exciting. I like mm, that. But they can't because they're mm. stuck in... Oh, that's rat race. The rat race. The rat race. Earn money, pay tax. Mm-hmm. Buy things you don't need. With money you don't have to impress people you don't even know. Well, and if we tug at that thread, then the whole thing falls apart. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think it's important to, like you said, take a break from everyday life mm. and get some rest mm. do something different but I don't think I mean I'm not countering that by any way I I should say and I don't think that people necessarily working 100 years ago were looking at oh maybe I'm wrong 
it's always been people who can take a holiday yeah take holidays like you're working on a farm a hundred years ago you're not having a holiday you're you're just working the land but you might go and visit someone else true that's visiting someone else it's not it's I'm a break from a everyday life though yeah and maybe it's the, that context of what holiday means yeah holiday is going out of one I, I know a really nice guy I'm going to give him a shout out Nils Henrik uh, hi Nils Henrik he will take his holiday time he'll take a bit of downtime but he usually travels to places with aid projects and goes and does building programs and educational stuff with his Norwegian summer holiday time. Yeah. Uh, he goes and does humanitarian work. Hmm, what a nice. guy. Yeah. Uh, that will most likely be as busy as his regular working life. If not even more. Yeah. And I really like that idea of going out of one But that's probably thing something going he en- into another. Yeah, that's probably something he enjoys doing. It is. And he, I mean, he gets great uh, personal reward out of it. And I, I like that idea... I. Uh, Giving is living. Giving is living. If you are going somewhere else, even if it's like a relaxing context, I still think that there's a lot of potential to soak up the culture, think about the language you're going to, look at how the people live their lives, try and actively participate in the life and the rhythms of the places that you are holidaying yeah um so i i think i kind of i i get a little bit my hackles up about the idea of going somewhere and just being in a hotel complex just somewhere hotter which isn't remotely connected to the infrastructure or the local uh life or traditions or history of the place not that i have that luxury of choosing i that's not what we do we usually go back to england yeah to, to, to visit my home, family to visit family and friends and that is a, 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 a luxury in itself yeah but you don't you don't have to be going to like you said a nice hotel and you know warmer country you can be going out in the woods and mm. hiking and mm. just doing something else than go to work mm. yeah from eight to four which in itself is a necessary practice. So, mm. yeah. Should how ha- do how much is the idea of a holiday something to give a fuck about? Is it something that, as you said, I like your thing. We should do more of it. Yeah, <laughs> but we can't. But um, I think that they don't have they don't have to do like longer periods of time off Mm. just be aware of taking a break to do something they enjoy Mm. yeah i think that's a really nice way of putting it yeah kind of maybe takes a bit of the social stigma off it that i had felt or was carrying around a little bit because like um it's almost like the alcohol Mm. you're supposed to take holiday during the summer and mm. you're supposed to go to Sweden mm. to like Greece mm. or Spain or and well, you you're supposed to stay there for three weeks two weeks and the kids are supposed to be happy there and 
it's this perfect lifestyle that you're supposed to do. Mm. You don't have to do that. Mm. With, again, it's that kind of putting your hand up and saying, actually, what I really want to do yeah. is visit a little cabin or I want to go on a railroad trip or I want to work in a fruit farm or do whatever you want do whatever you want take a break Mm. Um, it kind of also conversationally it brings me uh, to something that I think about um, the, the how you rank ideas and how stereotypes in social situations and public situations grow which is something Jean-Paul Sartre referred to as things done in bad faith or good faith and bad faith constitutes things that are almost just passed on without interrogation without that asking you but do I actually really want to do that Mm -hmm. and I'm conscious that you get caught out of something bad faith where if 8 out of 10 people ask you so when are you taking holiday when are you you going on your holiday and you're like well, yeah, we are actually going away. You don't want to be negative about it. <laughs> you want to be like, yeah, yeah, we're going to Spain again yeah, this but year. But it's not something that you want to kind of be bringing up because you feel a bit conflicted about the whole thing. And then you meet someone and out of bad habit of conversation, you then end up, or I then end up saying, oh, so you're going to, you assume, so you're going to have some holiday. And then that person goes, no, actually not. Or... That happens to me. Yeah, all the time and then now. you think, God damn it! I've conversa- I have passed on that lazy conversation or trait for the sake of chat, mm-hmm. and now that person thinks I'm that guy saying, "Oh, you're having a holiday, aren't you?" <laughs> I go, oh. <laughs> should just not respond at all. Mm-hmm. No holiday. No holiday for me. <laughs> Which I have to respond because. I don't do that during busy season. Because mm, it's high season. High, high season! season! <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I think we, I'm going to give a bit of a lukewarm. Fook? Tepid. I'm going to give a lukewarm fook. A, a fook warm. A fook warm. A fook warm fook of. I'm just going to throw it at like about 6.5. I was thinking 7.5. Yeah, it's important, but it's not that important. I think it's all how you look at it. And uh, the holiday in itself isn't. If I'm looking forward to something that much, if I can't find some respite and chill in my everyday life, then I need to work. I've got some stuff to do. I've got some work to do. If I can't, if I need to be looking for forward, if I'm needing to be saying, "Oh, if I can just make it to that holiday, I'm going to be okay." Yeah. No, then there's clearly something wrong with my work life or my home life fortunately neither of those are true i go to work i arrive home feeling grateful and energized yeah um which i think people most people don't feel the same way but you have to work on that it's not like it's just ping yeah but i mean being thankful for their job <laughs> i i don't think most people have that feeling. I'm just thankful. Which is good. And if I wasn't, then I'd have some work to do again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I have a, we have a lot to be thankful for. Yeah. We have jobs. We have jobs. 
which we enjoy yeah. doing. That's uh, I I don't know whether that constitutes for a lot of people, but I wish everybody luck, and I hope that your job gives you uh, some sense of personal reward and collective enjoyment. And if you have already are currently or are looking to forward forward to every form of holiday, then we wish you well. The Fuchs wish you well. Hopefully you've taken your two Fuchs podcasts with you Ooh. and you're uh, plugging in, listening. On your holiday. On your holiday. My friend Henrik, he travelled to Canada. He listened to two Fuchs whilst he was travelling. That's big up Henrik. He was oot, oot, oot in a boot. Oot in a boot. Uh, with two Fuchs. On his, oh, uh, I'd love his, to hear that. Isn't that nice? Bring us with you on your holiday. Mm, yeah. In your ears. Yes. We'll be with you. Yeah. We oh. are with you. This is a very strange time paradox. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. Well, that was that was fun. Thanks, was. Madonna, for kicking us off. Thanks, uh, Summer Vibes, for making this a good topic. And I take the chalice of Fook, uh, from which I have drunk responsibly, and I pass it across the table, marking that the contents is alcohol-free. Mm-hmm. It is a delicious, fresh Fook juice. Fook? Juice. And I pass it back to you for you to enjoy. <laughs> We're at almost one hour now. Oh my goodness, this is heavy duty. Should we keep it at two topics? Yeah. Let's, this time? Uh, if we've rolled so one on those two, that's really nice. Why not? Yeah. Let's uh, put that in a bow. Um, it's clear that those two topics, one slightly lighter, but with some social dynamics, and one slightly more challenging, drew out more discussion than we expected, but mm-hmm. that's what we gave it space for um, in the arena of food giving. Yeah. So what do you want to add? I want to add where people can find us. Mm-hmm. I'm here. And I'm right next to you. I see that. Yeah. Hmm. Hello. Howdy. <laughs> <laughs> and they can find us uh Instagram. They can. At Two Fooks. Updated uh, with uh, pictures and little clips and uh, info stuff. when we've got it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They can find us uh Facebook mm-hmm. at Two Fooks with the uh, triple Fooks. O. And easy to share the info there with yeah. your network and people you know uh, if they might enjoy it. And if they have some fooks they want us to uh, take a closer look at, they can email email us at info at twofooks.com. Mm-hmm. Um, Al, mm. do you have something you want to recommend to our listeners? I've got something percolating, bubbling in my soul that I just have to recommend. Ooh, I'm excited. I've just—I I mean, I'm—I'm—I'm—I'm uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm kidding myself if I—if I'm uh, prioritizing anything higher mm. uh, than uh, a good cup of coffee. Ooh, I just—I—I I, I love coffee. I enjoy coffee a lot. Um, you drink it every day. I take. I drink it every day. Yeah. Um, again. Much like the alcohol, I know my limits. I know when I go past enjoying it and it's just out of... Uh, you think it's going to give you something, it, it clearly isn't. But I do enjoy my coffee a lot. Um, a good... I use a press can. Hipsters call it French press. Yep. I call it a cafetiere. 
Uh, <laughs> I use that in the morning. Uh, take a cup up to my wife as she's in the bathroom. Ooh, that's kind of you. Uh, have a little cup um, in the morning, and then because I'm working also do it, then we have nice um, coffee there uh, from people who are roasting it locally, uh, importing it themselves and doing it small batch, or I'll buy a um, grain coffee and organic one from the local supermarket for home. I just had to buy a instant one here, but it is Freela, the Norwegian brand. Uh, they inform me they are Norwegians. At Norway's oldest coffee house established in 1799. That's a long time ago. I'm going to be digging that up and having a look because that would put them in with the Dutch coffee importers and stuff and all of that European tradition for coffee. Don't know anything about it, but. Um, but I'll, yeah, I'll coffee. Coffee. Thank you, coffee. Thank you, coffee. Thank you, coffee. I deeply respect you. <laughs> Thank you for being in my cup on a daily basis. <laughs> What well, about you? Where's your value uh, compass uh, pointing directing at? you? What's it pointing to? Uh, I am going to go with water. Mmm. 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 Since we're talking about beverages. Absolutely. I had... Um, we were in Oslo mm. this weekend. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a lot of weekends ago <laughs> after when this come out. But yeah. uh, we went to the uh, Tons of Rock Festival. Tons of Rock. Shout out Tons of Rock. Booyah. Mm-hmm. And I had some organic uh, orange and lemon soda thingies. Cool. And I thought, hmm, I'm going to try something else. Mm-hmm. But I went back to water. Yeah. Water is much better. Water. You showed me also that you're thinking of buying like a, 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 a soda stream kind of, uh, that's a brand name, but a water fizzer. Water fizzer. A water fizzer, a water carbonator. Because I enjoy my water fizzed. Yeah, well, I have had one of those at home for as long as, well, at least the last five years and... Oh my goodness me, the sheer joy from a cup of fizzed tap water. Yeah. Goodness me. Booyakash. That is, I mean, if if you need your whistle wet uh, and you think only a tin of cheap Pilsner Lager is going to hit the spot, then you you, uh, freshly fizz some water and get that down you. Yeah. You're going to feel like a million bucks. Ooh, that's a lot. Yeah. Or a trillion Nigerian whatever's they were under Mugabe, <laughs> which couldn't even buy you a loaf of bread. Um, he took a sip of water right there, people. He's passionate. That was good. Well, that's great. Yeah. Two nice beverages, one hot, one cold. You can drink coffee cold, of course. And you can't drink coffee without water. And you can boil water, and that's also a delicious drink early yeah. in the morning, very good for your digestive system. Just hot, hot water. water. Yeah. Very good. But With like really hot water or just lukewarm water? You can lukewarm it. You yeah. can do whatever you want. I'm trying to... Flavor changes a lot. Oh, yeah. Mm. Um, I'm trying to do like a half liter of water every morning. Mm. Just put it on the counter mm. at night mm. and then drink it as soon as I wake up. Mm. That's good. Yeah. I remember when I was studying, doing my art foundation course, me and my friend read somewhere that I think it was to be 
firing on all cylinders, you needed like eight liters of water a day. Eight liters? I think we might have misread it, but we did that for a good few months. We just drank so much water. We were so hydrated. Yeah, overhydrated. We were also a bit space cadets at that point. So <laughs> I, think, I think we might have turned into jellyfish with drinking so much water. <laughs> but anyway, water. Did you actually manage to drink eight liters in one day? Maybe I'm remembering it wrong, but I do remember drinking a Rem- ridiculous amount. A lot of water. Yeah. And being very happy about it too. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And more. you get a lot of nutrients from it. The more water you drink, the less peckish you feel. Yeah. Good for snacking. You, know, you ain't snacking. You drink that water, you're going to put down that chocolate bar. Mm-hmm. Or your organic nut mix. It's not organic. Or your golden papaya. Should we finish this up with you <laughs> oh, yeah. reading up the uh, yeah. ingredients? <coughs> okay. But it's in Norwegian, though. It's in Norwegian, so this will be with uh, slightly uh, translated inflection. Or do you want me to translate it as I go? You can choose. This is your poem. This is your fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> Having me read a nutbag. <laughs> that sounds terrible. Um... <laughs> Do it as you please. You want ingredients or you just want the general nonsense that they write on the bag? You do your thing. So, before we um, finish off here, I want to thank you for listening to us and enjoy Al's ingredients poem. Dry. Around room temperature. Protect against direct sunlight. They can keep as long as they're correctly kept. Many, many broken nuts in a variety. American peanuts. Shaken and salted. Hot, salt and crunchy. All at once. Flavorful. Light salted. Shaken. Californian. Check nut allergies before serving, and remember that children can easily get nuts stuck in their throat. This might contain other types of nuts. (laughs) (laughs) And just with a little Norwegian to end. Ingredienter. Pernatter. 49%. 49%. Rosina, 14%. Turket papaya, 10%. Mandler, 10%. Cashew nutter, 8%. Sukker, 8%. Vegetarian bilsk olje, raps og kokos. Konserveringsmiddel, E220. Og det var det, kjære barn. Takk for at du ville være med. Så snakkes med en annen dag. Ta god vare på hverandre. Sov godt. God natt. Jeg elsker det.